welcome to YBFD Podcast, sponsored and brought to you by Ohio Hates Cancer. Hello, beautiful. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, join in to your Breast Friend Diaries podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Of course. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm super excited to hear your story. Um, (laughs) I know that yesterday was such an amazing meeting that we were in, and um, I found you so inspiring. And your story has to be told um, <laughs> everywhere. And um, so I really wanted you in. And I'm so happy that you took the time to do this. Yeah, of course. I I feel so um, lucky that I get to tell my story and help women. And, you know, I just really wanted to impact as many people as I could and Every time I find out that there's more people and it's always still surprising. Yes, and you continue to impact more and more people. <laughs> and I always think it's crazy that people, I can impact people with my story, but, <laughs> you know, because it's just normal to me. It is. It's been. <laughs> but it is, it is very, very powerful. And, um. So let's talk about that. I wanted to hear, I want our listeners to hear a little bit about you. Um, You're a model, you're an actress, you're a badass, you're beautiful. (laughs) And uh, we just wanted to chit chat with you a little bit and um, tell me a little bit about you. How did you find out that you are a BRCA carrier? Um, and how did your journey start with that? So, um, like you said, I'm a model, but, um, I've lived a lifetime movie and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was, you know, 13 years old, um, my father was diagnosed with brain cancer and he, it was unoperable and he quickly died and, um, Modeling was a form of expression for me. My mom let me get into it. And it was just a way that I could speak the feelings that I didn't know how to. Sure. And so um, I was modeling since I was 14 years old. Nice. And when I was 18 years old, my mother was um, diagnosed with breast cancer. And oh, it was a lot of emotions all over again I was terrified that I was gonna lose my mom and my brother at the time when my dad died my little brother he was three and when my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer he was eight so I was terrified that my brother was gonna be an orphan and um so (laughs) I you know was dealing with my mom being sick and because my mom's adopted and she doesn't really know much about her history and all that, they tested her for BRCA and she was positive. Oh, so she tested positive. mm -hmm. And so she immediately had me tested. And I remember not even thinking that 
it was going to come back negative because I was like, my life has been so crazy that it just, you know, has to be again. That's going to be me. And it came back positive. (laughs) You had a feeling. Yeah. I I mean, it was like a feeling of, it happened to my dad. It happened to my mom. And of course life is, it's going to happen to me too. And so when it came back positive, I realized that I had the opportunity to um, stop it and have the mastectomy and never put my family through that feeling again of how we felt with my dad and my mom. So um, when I was 18, I made a decision that I was going to have a double mastectomy. And um, so at 18 years old, you decided to have a double mastectomy. Yes. Wow, that is a very young age, right? Yeah, start such a big journey. I, yeah, and I actually, so I decided when I was eighteen that I wanted to have it, and then um, I was my husband. Well, he's still my husband. Yeah, but my husband at the time was deploying because he's in the Marine Corps. So I was like, I'll wait to have my surgery until you come back. So I ended up having the surgery when I was twenty because you know, he was gone. So he got back and we immediately went and had the surgery. Yeah. We went to the the breast surgeon and they told me it was going to be super easy. And, um, but they didn't talk about my options. We didn't talk about anything like that. I was young and I was like, okay. And so I went in for surgery and then I went home and my husband was changing my, um, my, like my PJs yeah. and he noticed that my left side was like bloody and it was like black and blue. And so he was like, mm, this is not good. Mm-hmm. So he, um, sent a picture to my doctor and my doctor was like, yeah, why don't you come in? So I came back in and he was like, you have a blood clot (laughs) in your left breast. So we're going to have to go into an emergency surgery and remove it. So I was like, okay. So he's like, you're going to meet me at the hospital. So we drove to the hospital from his office. So we went from his office to the hospital and the nurses were outside waiting for me. And I remember being like, oh my, okay, because... (laughs) You know, it seems like a a big deal. And so I went in for my emergency surgery and they got the blood clot and they sewed me back up and they sent me home. And about a week later, when they pulled my drains out, I got really sick almost immediately. I had a fever and I was, I had chills and Mm. I just felt horrible and my husband was like, well, you know, you just had these things pulled out of you. Or right. Maybe, maybe you just need to like go walk around the mall. And I'm like, yeah, the mall. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like walking slowly around the mall and he's, and I'm like getting dizzy at this point. And he's like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to feed you. So we go to the yard house and I just have like my head down on the table yeah. and I'm like, I'm not okay so he was like okay let's go home so we went home and I laid in bed and I was crying and I was hot and I was just so uncomfortable and 
dizzy and I felt terrible and he kept checking my temperature and I was sitting in the bath a cold bath and I was like something's not right right. not right my husband's like no you're it'll be okay and he's you know trying to keep me calm but he's freaking out and um we were I'm like you know checking my my like incision marks to see if they were red maybe it was an infection and a part of my boob was like turning a different color and so I was like hmm and so I decided that I just wanted to go and sleep it off I was like I'll feel better in the morning let me go to sleep and my husband at this point is like no you're going to the hospital like this is not okay it's been like nine ten hours and you're not getting better so he put me in the car and at this point, I'm, like, in and out of consciousness. Sure. And we get to the hospital. And I'm, you know, he brings me inside. And they're trying to talk to me and ask me what my symptoms are. And I can't even, like, keep my eyes open. And the nurse got really, like, kneeled down. And he looked at me. And he's like, hey, you're dying. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. And so he, like, hits this button on the desk. And I just hear code septic. And I, the, all these people came rushing towards me, and I was like, "What oh is my happening?" Gosh. So my surgeon comes, and he basically says he has no idea why I'm septic, and um, he's going to try his best. He doesn't know what to do, and he asked me what what he should do, and I was like, "I right. don't know, like what? Oh <laughs> why are you asking me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not comforting. <laughs> right. So my husband and I. You know, we went, I went into surgery and he went into the waiting room and we just hoped that he would be able to save me and, um, I woke up the next day in the hospital, um, in a room and, um, you know, I was really, really sick and was having a hard time, like, you know, just breathing and being up and like, you know, I was, I was so sick and I couldn't eat. And my husband was there and he was like, hey, sweetie, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, Uh-oh. no, it's okay. I already know. And he went into the bathroom and I was like, no, what? Like, I have no idea what he was talking about. I just like was like, yeah, I know. All and right. so I opened up my gown and I looked and I had nothing on my left side. So I could just see my like skin and then rib cage. <sighs> and so... Um, that was shocking, but also, and I, I've said this before too, you know, I have a picture of me that day on my, on my Instagram where I'm like, this isn't going to stop me. I'm still me, you know, I'm, 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 you know, strong and I can, I can do this. And then, you know, I was in the hospital for about eight days and I, got home and I told my agents who had been with me since I was 14 um, what was going on and what happened and they dropped me and they told me I was no longer sexy that nobody wanted to see a woman like me in a swimsuit and um, they said men will no longer find you sexy so you need to find something else to do wow and I was like oh my god this is this is like family this is family saying this to me and I just was like heartbroken 
Yeah, and it was it was just oh, I don't it put me on a spiral. Of course. And I definitely spiraled out of control and I cried a lot and I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone because my mom looked like me. Sure. And for me to say, hey, mom, I feel ugly would be to say, you look ugly too. And I never thought that about my mom. And and then if I tried to like maybe talk to my husband about it, you know, I'm the love of his life. He'll always think I'm, you know, special and beautiful. And he's like, you know, he, he wasn't, he didn't hear what I was saying. He'd be like, no, you're beautiful. And I'm like, but I don't feel it. And so I started, you know, wearing zip up hoodies. Yeah. And that was all I would wear. And I would just hide from the world. And so um, I just wanted to blend in. And I felt like I couldn't. And I felt like everybody knew I was different. And I cried a lot in the shower. And I cried in the shower because I didn't want people to hear me. Right. And um, there was one day that I was just sobbing in the shower and I was so sad and I just felt defeated and, you know, like I just, just so lost. A lot. And um, my husband came in and he was like, get up. And I said, no. He's like, get up. And I said, no. And um, he walked out and. I grabbed my phone and I started looking for women who looked like me in the media or in sure. my industry because, you know, I needed representation. I needed to know that I wasn't the only exactly. one. And I didn't find anybody. I mean, Janice Dickinson had breast cancer, but she didn't have the surgery because she didn't want to look different. So I just really couldn't find anyone. And I was just crying harder and my husband came in and he had a camera and he got me up and he took a picture of it and was like look how beautiful this is and so that picture is still on my Instagram I posted it and I um I realized over I mean it took time about what the scars represented and what the you know who I could become and what I could do for other women. So I, you know, my husband and I bought swimsuits and I started shooting That's awesome. swimsuits as often as I could. It was like my, my thing. And I ended up becoming the first woman in Vanity Fair and glamor with one breast and a swimsuit. And my, my life changed after sure. that. It, um, it, it was very incredible to be able to, you know, be a a voice for other women. And I think that was what I really wanted was to be there for other women and, you know, show them that it's possible to put a swimsuit back on again and fall in love with yourself again. And um, there was just. And how did you. My favorite part. And how did you get to that process to even fall back in love again? Um, For me, I. It took a long time. And if you look at my social media and you, you can see that I was posting and I'm, you know, being body positive for other women because I wanted to be there for other women and help other women. And I thought 
that it was so special to, you know, do have, it was like being there for women gave me the strength to be there for myself. Sure. sure. So I eventually just, you know, fell so in love with the, the strength and the stories that I was being told and, and with how beautiful other women's scars looked and just all of it together just made me realize how beautiful and wonderful and special that I was myself. And that's when, you know, my, I just, I always preach body positivity and I always, you know, say, love yourself and love your scars. And yeah. And I really mean it because, you know, if you look at our sisters and you think about how they look and how, you know, how your scars are or the other one boob badass who we know and you never think about them being any less of a person or any less sexy or beautiful and wonderful because of what happened to them. And it, and I, that really just made me realize how mean we are to ourselves. Exactly. So I always say, if you wouldn't say it to someone else, don't say it to yourself. Right. And that really just made me, you know. That's a great point. Um, yeah, because, you know, the whole time I didn't want to talk to my mom because of, I didn't want to, if, you know, make her feel bad. And I just never stopped to look and go, nobody's looking at me like that. I'm not looking at my mom like that. Nobody's looking at me like that. And hmm. You know, this the scars are just so beautiful now to me. I just you embrace such a symbol of a strength of yeah, and I just power. It is the stories that I hear when I talk to women and how strong they are, and just I feel so. I get really emotional because I feel like my purpose in life was to help women and I just love them so much and I just love the stories and I love being there and sure. you know being the sister that people need <laughs> yeah and you're so young too I feel that you know that that's it's very important that you're using your platform to educate women and to be there for them um, that's amazing that you're doing that I have um, a daughter that are you still there hello I think technology is playing tricks on us a little bit hi we're back (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what happened it was just a little quick break we just needed a little quick break right (laughs) an interlude quick commercial break break. (laughs) I um where were we we were talking about your I was talking about your age correct how young yes and how important and how awesome I feel that it is that you're using your platform to reach out to other women because just like you said when you were first looking 
you couldn't find anybody. So now there is you. There are other people can look and they can they can see and um, be inspired by. So that's amazing that you're yeah. doing that. Thank you. And I know that I knew that other women like me were out there. I mean, but I really needed representation in my own industry sure. and in the media. And because and I and I realized how privileged I am to be 20 years old and just now going, wow, there's nobody like me in the industry and in, in the media, because I know that there are little girls who are growing up feeling that every day. But I just knew how it made me feel and how I'm sure it makes other women feel. And I knew that I could, that I could change that. And so that was my goal was to just show women everywhere that you're beautiful no matter what. And so that was, that was what I aimed to do. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, my, um, I carry a gene called Powby too. And I have a daughter and she is going to be 18 this summer. So she gets to get Mm -hmm. tested as well. So I, your story makes me really, I really connect. And I think, you know, because I'm really terrified and I'm scared um, Mm -hmm. for her. Um, And I don't know what decisions that she would make at, at her age. And I hope that if, um, you know, she does have the opportunity or if, if, God forbid, she does carry the gene that she does have the opportunity to do and the wisdom to do what's right and follow, you know, that path and go with the surgery and a preventative mastectomy. Yeah, and, and something that I always tell people when they're they're torn on if they want to, you know, go through the surgery or wait or, you know, pre- do preventative care is that I didn't even have breast cancer and the surgeries almost killed right. me. So if you can be ahead of the game and you have the choice to save your life, then you should take it because, you know, it's such a high percentage and it's yeah it would it's much better to do it now than you know on top of chemo and yeah so that's always my advice to people is like you know save your life now save your because we're I mean there there's so many breast cancer warriors who you know they don't have BRCA and they didn't get the opportunity to test for it and see it you know that it was a genetic thing and then they get breast cancer and they didn't get that that choice right and so I think as someone who you know can get tested for it and is positive that I'm really blessed to be able to make that choice for myself and I just think that you know if you can make the choice you should yes I agree absolutely be proactive and so I agree and I know not everyone agrees with me but that's just my yeah (laughs) my thing on it yeah I agree. I mean, I personally agree with you. If you have that option, you know, you have a chance to prevent Mm -hmm. going through chemotherapy and going through seeing, you know, going through all of that 
definitely and keeping your family from it too. keeping a family from it and being alive um mm-hmm. so it's definitely a, a an amazing opportunity that it's out there that it's offered yeah it really is then you know I also have like some friends in my life who you know they found out they were BRCA positive so they went to do you know a prophylactic mastectomy and then in the surgery they found out that they had breast cancer and so I mean just being able to find it that way is like you know how long would it have taken for her to find it if she had not chosen that so I think everybody has you know to follow their own path and stuff like that but you know and do what's right for them but (laughs) I just think that if we can make the decision then we should do it yeah and knowledge is power right for sure knowing knowing and um being proactive is one of the best things we can do so Allie Mm -hmm. I really want to take you know thank you for taking the time I know that you're a busy person and um (laughs) you got a lot on your plate (laughs) and um, anytime (laughs) I really wanted to thank you for joining in Um, for everybody that are listening they can follow they know where to follow us at your breast friend diaries podcast and where can people follow you at so my username on instagram is Allie Ray with four e's so it's a-l-y-r-a E E E E. And thank you again for having me. No problem. Me. No problem at all. I, this is a pleasure. It was awesome speaking with you. You're so inspiring. Your story is so inspiring. And um, you're going to touch many, many, many women. Thank you. That's makes it all worth it in the end. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And keep speaking out. Keep, you know, putting your story out there because it really matters. Thank you. I I feel like I said in the beginning, I think it's so crazy. That, <laughs> but I'm glad that I get to impact people with my story. And that's just all I can really ask for. Well, you're a beautiful soul. <laughs> It was a pleasure meeting you. It was awesome speaking with you. And um, even though we had a little technical difficulties, I'm sure (laughs) our recording is going to be great. Okay. Well, thank you again. No problem. And it was a pleasure talking to you. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Bye, honey. Bye.